Welcome all you sinners and sodomites to episode 40 of Bible Stories for Atheists. I am Josh, my co-host is Linz, and we are your guides to the wholesome horror stories, literally, literarily littering the Bible. We recorded for about two hours, and at the end of it, when we record the intro to the show, we were both beat, and we were so low energy that I am now re-recording it just because I just can't put it out. But the rest of the episode is really good. So we're talking about waking up today. We're putting the Bible aside and we're going to talk about leaving religion, losing your religion, how I went from being a devout Christian, absolutely believing in God, to being a raging atheist. And throughout the episode, we're going to cut in stories that were sent in by you, our listeners. So I hope you enjoy it. If you are looking to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us on our voicemail at 1616-320-4616. But you can also contact us through our subreddit on r slash Bible Atheists, or we have a contact form on our website, bsfa.cc. And with that, strap in and strap on for episode 40, The Book of Josh. me oh your favorite it's, subject yeah it's all about me <laughs> can today. you turn my headphones down a little bit yeah what's getting i think my headphones were just, just headphones. Yeah. yeah me uh, uh, jesus <laughs> christ i don't know why it's so i don't know why it's so loud comparatively because it's not that bad yeah it's just screaming in the microphone yeah. as me <laughs> great this is off to an awesome start <laughs> And I should point out that according to my mother, oh God, I am a very humble person. (laughs) She doesn't live with you (laughs) or do this podcast with you. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, listen, it's I, I am the last person to be making comment on somebody's humbleness and ego because I also think I'm fucking fabulous. So yeah, well, you are. Well, thanks. I think you're fabulous, too. Thanks. That's cool. (laughs) So, So. this whole thing started with a um, user on our subreddit. Yes. Named Cult Washed My Brain, which is an awesome name. Yes, you say that every time you say their username. Yeah. Because I listened to our last podcast, and you said that exact phrase. Did I? During that podcast. Then I might have to cut it out this time. Because <laughs> I, I need to be original. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Okay. 6,000 years ago. Oh. No. Uh, when, so in my childhood, when I was born, let's start with this. When I was born, my mom. When my parents had sex. Yeah. <laughs> it was through a sheet. Yeah. <laughs> As is normal with Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, No. So um, my mom was in the Jehovah's Witnesses when I was born. Uh, My dad is still a Jehovah's Witness, but my mom left when I was about a year old. My mom didn't want me to grow up with the same bullshit that she had to deal with. Yeah. 
essentially. Mm-hmm. Her own father is the one who disfellowshipped her. Yeah. Because, you know, he's... Paternal love. Yeah. Uh, just a real piece of shit. Anyway, so I so that was kind of the dynamic growing up is my dad was Joe's witness and I would go over there every other weekend and stuff like that and have to go to the kingdom hall and go out in service and all that kind of stuff where you go knock doors. And then my mom weekends with her, we were going to church and you know, there's children's church. church. Yeah. Real church. Christian church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we were watching. Just Car- to be clear. Yeah. Catholic church is real church. Yeah. Like what you guys do at Christian churches, not anything close to the monotony of Catholic mass. See, I see. I was like, lumping Catholics <laughs> oh, and no. all that no, in no, no, with no, no, no. real church as opposed to no <laughs> as, a, as opposed to Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've seen about like Christian churches, they just yeah. seem a lot more fun. They are. They're singing like well, good, like better singing. I was gonna say they're singing at Catholic yeah. churches too, but it's they're it's very like dirgy. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> I really loved how uh in Dogma, oh God, what is her name? Janine Garofalo. Yes. Janine Garofalo's <laughs> character in there. I think where she says, you don't celebrate your faith. You mourn it. Yes. I love that yes, line. That is. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. I grew up watching Carmen videos. You probably never saw that guy. Carmen. Yeah. It's the only name he went by. Um, he was this singer slash video producer. Dude. Okay. Yeah. No, because I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of Carmen, but I'm thinking that I'm thinking of a woman. Yeah. This was a guy. Anyway, he was huge in the eighties and nineties in Christianity circles and stuff like that. But yeah, I grew up on that stuff. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget. I, when I was going through this, I was thinking of what, things that were like formative for me. And one of the things was a Carmen video where he so he would do a bunch of music videos and stuff like that for kids and stuff and one was i think it was just called don't want no monsters in my house tonight and i remember this song the the i think the chorus goes don't want no monsters in my house tonight don't want no monsters in my house you won't catch me screaming you're nothing but a demon and so on okay right so it's it and i was thinking about this how fucked up it is that like Oh, hold on. Sorry. It's, things started autoplaying. I want to hear this song. Mom, Mom, I think I hear something. When I was just a little kid, I saw a scary movie about a crazy lunatic, you see. He tried to kill these people on vacation with an axe that I'd imagine that this dude was after me. Well, laying in my bed that night, afraid and wide awake, I promise you I saw a shadow move. But when I felt an evil spirit, that was it. I knew right then exactly what to do. I took authority in Christ. All fear flew away. I stood bold as a lion and ran it off when it heard me say, Don't want no monsters in my house I remember that pretty well. Anyway, 
Yeah. So formative in your religion. So what's fucked up about that song though, is you're telling kids that that monster that they're scared of is real. It's actually trying to kill you mm. or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's trying to get you, but what's going to save you, you is Jesus, which is this person you've never met. You've never seen. It's this intangible thing. And so you hold on to this idea of everything that you're afraid of is real, but you know, you have to believe in Jesus to, to be protected from it. And so that's, it's a really fucked up thing that you deal with growing up, not to dig on my mom for this, because I still, my childhood was much better than hers where like in the Jehovah's witnesses, she was like, under constant threat that Armageddon was going to happen any day now. And that God was going to kill any non-believers. That's what she was dealing with growing up. So she did give me a much better childhood than she had. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions because as you know, I don't really understand, you know? Yeah. Like I, I hear you. I hear what you say and I hear what your mom says and I hear what everybody's experiences are, but I don't really understand it because I was never there. You're listening to these songs, like, say this one about movie monsters, essentially, right? Fake monsters. Yeah, it's I mean, is it meant to apply like it's in in that situation? It's meant to say, like, you're scared because you watched a horror movie or something like that. That's but at the end of the day, that fear is a demon that's coming to get you, you know, and Jesus is the way to protect yourself from. The demon or from your fear? The demon of fear. Okay. Yeah. But fear is not a bad thing. Fear is a it is an evolutionary trait that is very important to Well, lives. first of all, you're just wrong about evolution. <laughs> fear <laughs> keeps you from getting hurt yeah. in actual harmful situations. Right. So in my head, I'm like, well, perhaps we should spend less time teaching kids not to be afraid of stuff that doesn't exist. And I don't know, teach them to tell on adults that are touching them inappropriately. Well, yeah. And stuff like, especially in religions, right? Because that seems to be where it's the most prevalent. So, okay. All right. I just wanted to like really dial in on whether like this was teaching children actual, like if something real and scary happens here are the tools you need to handle it. Or if they're basically like, just pray. It's just pray. Got it. Okay. Yep. So yeah, that was, that was kind of my childhood growing up, listening to a lot of stuff like that. You Amy know, Grant. Amy Grant was in there. Yeah. 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 She's La- the only name I know. DC I think talk. She, I feel like I've heard of DC talk. Yeah. Amy Grant made mainstream. Yeah, she did. She had a couple mainstream. Jars of clay, you know, they Jars made, of clay, ma- mainstream. Yes. Means mainstream. Mainstream. With that one song. Yeah. Yeah. The, the flood, flood song. Songs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, POD with, I, as I got older. I didn't real even realize that they were a Christian yeah, most people metal didn't. band. Yeah. But they were. Yeah. They were sold in Christian stores. That's where I bought uh, my albums of theirs. Okay. And that gets us into high school territory. Yes. Uh, we started going, when I went to high school, we started going to this, what I would have called and and probably still would say was was a moderate church uh so like before that you know when i was a little kid we were going to church quite a bit around middle school area we stopped going to church as much we were living out in the boonies so there wasn't like a church nearby that we really liked but then when we went went when i went to high school we moved back into town and there was um church we started going to that was actually in a high school at the time we started going to it because they were waiting for 
a new building to be built. Once that new building got built, it was a huge building. This is the ABC church? Yeah, yeah. It was Ada Bible Church. Oh, I didn't yeah. know if you wanted to name drop it or not. Yeah. Um, which is why I called it ABC, because that's its acronym. Right. Um, why is the church operating out of an open public school? It was like they were having services in the auditorium on Sundays. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but why is that happening? Why, because, why because, is the church operating in a school that I would pay my taxes towards? Yeah. I, my understanding is that were they paying rent? Yeah, my understanding is that you you know different um, organizations can rent out oh, okay. the auditorium, and they and the audit and they can't say no right. to that okay. stuff because it's a public. It made form, it seem you know? like you were saying that like half of the school was taken and given to the church nope, to operate not, until it had a like new building. Nope, nope. Okay. Literally just Sunday services. Okay. That's where everybody would go was was that i, was I, I don't blank. know yeah i don't know where their office was gotcha. at that time okay. but the reason why i bring that up though is because when they did open the building it was huge and they you know quickly filled it filled multiple services and stuff like that it's the closest we get to well not the closest but it's kind of a mega church yeah you know here there's in one other church that's much bigger a mega church yeah it's in a mall city. yeah yeah so yeah, we were going to this church. It was a pretty big church and and stuff. Uh, but while we were at that high school, I remember going to a small group. Do you have any idea what small groups are? Um, it's a group of people that's small. Yes, it's it's like it's kind of like a Bible study. Okay. Kind of like you know you're breaking off to do some sort of individual study into something. Gotcha. You know. Um, and this one was to watch videos. I think it was like three weeks of doing this like after the main service, you would go and watch a video by a guy. I thought his name was canned ham. <laughs> it was actually Ken ham. Okay. And this is the guy behind the arc experience. Okay. The, the, where they built that huge arc. Oh, in like Ohio or in, Pennsylvania. I think it was Kentucky, but it's like right on the border yeah. with Indiana, I think. So canned ham, we watched <laughs> We I, we watched these videos and they were talking and he was talking about the earth is like 6,000 years old, that the science teachers are lying to you and all that kind of stuff. And it's this whole at what I would have called a moderate church. Right. Right. They were talking about evolution being a lie, that the you know Genesis was absolutely true, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I took it on and I'll never forget going to high school and Sometime after that, my my science teacher said something about like how we know how the Grand Canyon was formed and stuff like that. And I used a line that can, canned ham told me to use in that situation, which is, well, how do you know you weren't there? Mm. And I challenged my science teacher on it. Did he own you? He he basically he just, just sigh really loudly. He basically just was like, are you? telling me not to use the phrase we know you know he just kind of was like what are you getting at here and i immediately in that moment i felt like a piece of shit <laughs> as you should have. as i should have what's really crazy about this too is that my, my science teacher would go to christian youth group stuff like volunteered oh. for christian youth groups he was a christian too but yeah it always stuck with me like that why the fuck did I do that? Why was I not thinking for myself and right? You know, really like just recognizing this guy's just trying to teach you something, you know? Yeah, and listen, I think it's perfectly okay to challenge teachers when like I I used to get in trouble for challenging my teachers. 
believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. I used to get in trouble for challenging my teachers all the time. But it was usually I always felt and I mean, you were, I guess, in a similar situation where you felt it was valid. But I did have some teachers that just they taught wrong things because they thought we were stupid. So they would just say shit that was untrue, like provably untrue. And then I would be like, no, that's not right. And then I would get detention. I I seem to remember you having issues like that in your philosophy class. It wasn't a fucking philosophy class. That was the thing is I was... (laughs) <laughs> and no, nobody's going to be surprised to learn this but I was really into philosophy when I was in high school Yeah, and so I read a lot of philosophy books I knew more than a teenager should know about the basis and the history of philosophy I was a huge nerd <laughs> and and I lived in a small northern town and there was nothing to do and the one thing my dad did, did do for me on a pretty regular basis is basically buy me whatever book I picked out at the bookstore every weekend And so it was a history class and he just started spouting off about philosophy and he said so many wrong things. And I was like, none of what you're saying is true. And he I got in trouble for that. He was also very like heard audibly saying when I graduated, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Which is how you felt, too, about graduating. Yes. And getting out of there. So I don't think that you should have necessarily felt shitty for for challenging your teachers, they should be able to, they should be able to handle questions from a teenager. Yeah. Um, but I picture you being real arrogant about it too. I, it, I knew it was, it, that's the thing is like, I didn't want to do it, okay. but like, I felt like I had to, oh, you know, okay. that's right. like, that's the thing that bugs me about it is it was the, one of those moments where it's like, oh fuck, I really am a sheep for doing oh, this. See, you know I what really I mean? wanted to do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that makes sense because like in, in your situation, you knew what you were talking right. about right. clearly better than he did. And in this situation, I didn't fucking know right. what, any better than just he parodying. did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Aww. Kind of high school uh, for me was was getting into this stuff when I was like, didn't you start a Bible study? Bible study at I your did. school? Yeah. So me and a few friends of mine who were way more open and patient than I probably deserved um, <laughs> decided to join a Bible study that I I did for like a while for like. A few months we were doing this, like every week they would come over and we would read. And I had no idea what I was talking about, <laughs> really. Right. I just read from some stuff every week. Um, Did you guys yeah. have open dialogues about it? Like, I, I don't so. understand what Bible study is. Yeah. Like, do you guys re- all, is it like a book club? Do you guys all read the same chapter of the Bible and then talk about it? Or. Yeah. So I think that's probably how Bible study normally would go. Honestly, I never really did a Bible study when I was um, going to church. Like normally small groups, it would be based around a certain thing that you're trying to do. Like one thing I did do at at Ada Bible was, I think it was called Crown. um, And it was all about financials. Like how to how to handle your finances in a godly way, sure. which had a lot to do with tithing. Yes, you know where you give ten percent of your income to the church. You have to be able to it's manage. Very focused your, yeah. on that. Well, you have to be able to manage your money in such a way that you have money to give to the church. Right. Yeah. And and I think there was more that went into like what do you spend your money on? And there was a big there was a lot of stuff on there about getting out of debt. 
I also around this time was getting really into the book of Revelation. <laughs> and oh, you were obsessed with the end of the world. Yeah, because this was around the time the Left Behind books came out. Yeah. Fucking A, man. Well, and teenagers especially. I mean, I think all teenagers, religious or not, start analyzing the idea of the end of things and yeah. whether that's revelations or just death. You know, it's, it's I think at that age is when you really start realizing that you're going to die yeah. at some point in time. And that's a lot to handle when you're hormonal as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, I guess that makes sense that you would really start getting into revelations, but like, were you also just a normal horny teenager? Like how did you balance like being just a boy teenager yeah. with also being kind of hyper religious? Well, that's really easy. You just have a lot of shame. Oh, okay. you know, you just have a lot of shame and you really struggle with ma masturbation, yeah. you know, and uh -huh. pornography, you know, you really you do it, but you're just ashamed. You're really, you're ashamed of it and you try not to, you really try and repress that down okay. and, and feel like, you know, and, and try and muscle your way through it, you know? Right. And then eventually, you know, that just turns into mental disorders. So, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, mind blowing to me when I was like maybe 17 or something like that through my high school youth group. We started doing kind of like small groups, but it was like literally me, an adult and one other teenage boy talking, talking to each other once a week. And I, I can't remember if this was supposed to be a small group or some sort of weird accountability thing or whatever. But I remember it coming up, the uh, other kid talking about trying to figure out is masturbation wrong? And it led to all these discussions that the adult guy was very uncomfortable I having bet. with us. I bet. Which Appropriately. Is good. Which yeah. is good. Yeah. It, it, like you, the, the guy handled it as best as he probably could, you know. But like it got in my head of like, oh, maybe it's not wrong to masturbate. <laughs> which led to a lot of chafing it's it's not wrong to masturbate it's wrong to spill your seed on the ground yeah Gosh. that's right so that's just a lot of edging yeah, yeah. Oh, a bunch of teenage edge lords right <laughs> <laughs> did you go so you're i mean i feel like this isn't your entire high school experience you're skipping over some things yeah. i feel like you went to a lot of those events yes yeah so yeah you're right i didn't even think about that well there was like um going to the, there was going down to the Dominican Republic for a mission trip. The only mission trip I really did, um, which was really interesting. Got to, you know, spend a, over a thousand bucks to go down there and work on, like we helped build this building, very little help, like literally carrying rocks to make concrete. That was pretty much it. We had also gone, gone down there with some dentists they came to do free dental work okay. for folks down there, which was good. And then we spent the last day at like a four star resort <laughs> where it was like a topless beach. <laughs> Did you guys do a lot of drinking? Cause it was legal. And, down and there it's legal. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. You had to ask for virgin drinks, which all the drinks were on the, on the house, you know? Right. But, and then several, I didn't, but there were several other kids there from Florida who uh, did drink, didn't ask for virgin drinks. Oh, okay. So I guess I thought maybe that it was just everybody like that you went with was from your church. I was literally the only person from Grand Rapids oh, who went on that trip. Okay. Well, no, 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 that's not entirely true. The girl who ended up becoming my girlfriend uh, about a year later, she also went down there, but she was homeschooled. How does one, like, how do these work then? I just assumed that the church got together and was like, we're going to send a bunch of you to this If place. I remember correctly, this wasn't actually through the church. I think this was through Youth for Christ. 
Oh. Which, who did the high school youth group I would go to. So I would go in, in these years, I would go to my church youth group and also my high school youth group. Right. Which was through like Youth for Christ. And that wasn't your Bible study. That was also an additional thing you did. The Bible study I ran, yeah, yeah, was completely my own thing. Wow, yeah. you did a lot of Jesus stuff. I did a lot of Jesus stuff. <laughs> I was obsessed with it. Wow, specifically my sophomore year. Yeah, like it was, it was a big thing. Okay, yeah. all right. So yeah, and you I went was, to one of those big conventiony thingies. And I went to yeah WWDC, I think is what it was called. Or no, 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 that wasn't. It wasn't WWDC. It was um DCLA. Okay. And it was Washington D.C. and L.A. They did a they did a one of them in D.C. and one of them in L.A. You know, gotcha. We obviously went to the D.C. DC one. one. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big like week long thing. Whole arena of teenagers, you know, doing praise and worship and crying, and I'm totally one of them. Yeah. you know, and I have a smaller experience with something like that. Yeah, because I went to um, I don't know. I feel like they called them like. Youth youth rallies. Which yeah. Sounds terrible. It sounds Nazi-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was through the Mennonite Church. Okay. Which seems weird because you would think that like because it's the Mennonite Church, it's definitely more and, and I don't mean conservative like politically leaning. I mean conservative like Socially. they're like one step up above the Amish. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I went I went with some friends down down to that in Michigan and it was a very similar experience where people I remember falling asleep during one of the things just like leaning over and falling asleep on somebody. And I feel like I got up on stage and got saved. Oh, did you? I feel like I did. Oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Although I don't I don't <laughs> remember it. Yeah. Hardly at like I don't remember hardly any of the experience. I remember that we stayed with an old. That was the drugs. We stayed with an old lady and her husband. Yeah. They were very old. So they like I guess people in the neighborhood where it was happening would let people stay at their houses. So he stayed at this old couple's house. She made bomb ass cinnamon rolls. That's right. the thing I remember the absolute <laughs> most about this entire experience. They were so good. I saw God. They were amazing. <laughs> yeah. She would get up at like the butt crack of dawn and make them and we would eat them and then go to this whatever thing. And that's all I remember about the whole experience. I sounds tried- pretty, that sounds pretty good. The cinnamon, ones. The cinnamon. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's all I, that's all I got for you from that. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think Kirk Cameron was there. At yours? Wow. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> why did I ask you that? <laughs> like he was at mine and I didn't know yeah. it and you somehow knew it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know all of them. <laughs> that was going yeah. <laughs> He was, okay. Kirk yeah. Cameron was at yours. I think he was there, or at least he had videos that they were playing there. But, you know, so yeah, it was a lot of that kind of stuff. It was all about, that was all geared towards evangelism. Like, how do you get other people to believe and stuff like that? And and so. Uh, So I was born and raised Jehovah's Witness. Uh, My mom forced me to get baptized when I was 15. uh, And subsequent love bombing kind of drew me into it. And I kind of believed in it. Uh, For a while, I was the ministerial servant and a pioneer. Um, and, you know, I, I did a lot for it. Um, we had a couple of series of events that uh, were a bit trying, but we uh, I still had my full faith in, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses uh, until the weirdest thing broke my faith. I was listening to a podcast about history, 
and they were rattling off all these dates about Middle Eastern history. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. Then in the year 587, Babylon sacked the city of Jerusalem and blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of kept going. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, well, that's wrong. Everyone, you know, we know Jerusalem was destroyed in the year 607. So I pulled up Wikipedia, and Wikipedia had it wrong, too. They also said 587. And then, you know, I checked Wikipedia's sources. I checked a bunch of books. And it slowly dawned on me, no, Jehovah's Witnesses had it wrong. That is not when Jerusalem was destroyed. It was destroyed in 587, not 607. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar your listeners are with Jehovah's Witnesses, but that is like the core doctrine of Jehovah's Witnesses is that we are in the last days because Jerusalem was destroyed in 607, blah, 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 math, math, math. Uh, the last day started in 1914. So if that's wrong, that means everything about Jehovah's Witnesses is wrong. Uh, and I tried to look into this without, you know, quote-unquote apostate information, but uh, eventually I became aware of the book Crisis of Conscience, written by the former governing body member. Uh, I read that, and by the time I got to the end of that book, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in Jehovah's Witnesses anymore, and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> That's what it took. Um, just a silly history podcast this is all it took to destroy my faith. Um, I tried to fade out so I could still have my family in my life, but I'm not good at that because I'm a bad liar. I just tend to say what I'm thinking, so... A year later, I disassociated from Jehovah's Witnesses and have not looked back. Then after high school, I, I went to Cornerstone, which was the college, the Christian college here in town that I went to. One of the. One of the Christian. It's There's a, a lot it's, of Christian colleges in yeah. this fucking city. Yeah, it's the one that's not a Calvinist or or uh, a Catholic right. uh, university. Although even then, there's still a few other I know, ones it's the smaller ones. Yeah. yeah. But it's the one that, like, my pastor at the church. Oh, that's one thing I didn't even think to bring up. Between high school and this, I interned at my church for a year. Right. I was interning with the youth pastor there, and I learned fucking video production, audio production. A lot of the reasons why I'm able to do this podcast is because of stuff I had learned. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it's because of stuff I had learned back then. Almost everybody at that church had gone to Cornerstone. Even the the main pastor had gone to Cornerstone back when it was like Grand Rapids Baptist College or something like that. So, so I went to Cornerstone for a year. Some of the things I remember from this are, is being really judgmental about a girl I liked because she admitted to having sex with her boyfriend back home, which I'm not fucking proud of that. She did end up becoming much more conservative and moved to like Alaska and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I was really pissed off at myself for, for getting that way. As you should be, because my guess is she already felt enough shame yeah. about it that she yeah. didn't need some random teenage boy piling on to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, and who knows? Maybe that led to her conservatism, you know? like Yeah. You were the final domino in yeah. that. I wouldn't say I was that important to her, but, you know. Well, you <laughs> but, were probably one yeah. of many people. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. And then, you know, which, it, how fucking hypocritical is it that before the end of that school year, I will have lost my virginity to somebody there, you know. Right. You weren't married. Either. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, that was another thing that was crazy to me was like within the first few weeks, a whole bunch of people had paired up and they end up getting married within weeks. 
And they all were kind of like, well, God brought us here for us to meet our wife or husband, right. you know, yeah. and they really believed that. Yeah. Well, do you, so do you remember watching the eyes of Tammy Faye? Yeah. So yeah. at the beginning of that, cause they meet, she, they meet in at, college. at college. Yeah. And that basically the whole reason she went to college was to find a husband. Was to find a husband. Yep, which was the reason for a lot of women. Like, this is not that long ago it's that I went not, to Cornerstone. And so it was up. exactly the same. Yeah. I, yeah. Spoiler alert. There are still women who probably in that community. The oh, Christian yeah. Community, who go to college. Like when you watch those Girl Defined videos yeah. and stuff like that. Totally. They went to college to find their husbands. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I remember you and I have talked about this before, having friends over to watch the Robin Williams live on Broadway stand up. It was absolutely hilarious, mm -hmm. but they were horrified that Mrs. Doubtfire was pretending to go down on a woman by like <laughs> putting his face in the, the elbow in, in, in his elbow yeah. and his very hairy elbow. <laughs> And he's like pretending to go down. Like they were just horrified by it. They but they were okay with it. him dressing like a woman because this is about to do that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And and they I don't know if they maybe even more just associated him with genie or something like that. Yeah. But uh which also is against the Bible, but I mean we had we had a whole discussion outside of this podcast, I think, about your Robin Williams being the movie you saw when you were 10 do you remember when we had that whole discussion oh like, like for like, every everybody's ver idea of Rob Williams yeah. whatever movie they saw when they, they were when 10, 10. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah 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 i do remember that yeah <laughs> yeah i can't remember like that i it you might said have been some toys. crazy movie where i was like that is not true <laughs> oh i, I no, no, i said it was fisher king yes <laughs> the fisher king <laughs> You didn't watch that fucking movie when you were 10. No, and I think I did. <laughs> you might have. But that's not like, to me, it's more like toys maybe right. or something like that. Yeah, but I love hook. that. I love toys. That's a great movie. But what was yours? Hook. Hook. Yeah. Hook is a great one too. Shenanigans. So anyway, the the fact that they couldn't handle Robin Williams, a uh, Robin Williams stand-up special and stuff like that, they were all just like aghast at it. Right. And they were judgmental about like, I can't believe you're okay with all that cursing and everything, you know? I, and that's when I really started realizing like, I'm not one of these people, you know, in a lot of ways I was more immature than them, mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways they were way more immature than right. I was too. And what's the mindset behind I don't know. Is it is it that maybe they secretly enjoyed it and that's what horrified them? I just I can't understand. Like if you're solid in your faith, why would watching Robin Williams be funny, be horrifying? Yeah. Well, the, it's the cursing. And but all yes, that but stuff. why? Yeah. But why? Like what you got to remember is these kids are literally coming out of being children. You know, like they're still children. They're still like freshmen in college. They barely have been away from home. And they were never allowed to watch anything like that before. Did they not go to public school? They might not have. They might have gone to Christian schools. Because there's no way that's the first time they're hearing swearing. No, but they they have been trained to not watch the, those kinds of things. Right. Because. But why? Because that's not what good Christians do. They don't watch that kind of a thing. But why? They, it's so, it, it's, it sullies you. It, it makes you. <laughs> puts that in your it makes you think it's okay to right. do that kind of stuff because it, you're weak yeah honestly okay. yeah all right Ultimately, i just wanted you to say it. no no, no. 
ultimately, yes, but that's not what they would say. Right. But yes, that is absolutely the case. Right. It's because you are not strong enough to handle that for yourself to, to right. hear it, but not do it yourself. And okay, that kind of thing. So okay, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. But it that's, is. But that's when I realized, like, all right, I'm not the same as these people. There's definitely something off about it. But I also at this time broke things off with my dad, which was a whole thing. Right. While I was at Cornerstone for the first time, I didn't see my dad like once a month at that point, I was seeing him once a month and everything. And I didn't end up seeing him. He had called the house and uh, a couple of times and stuff like that. And I just never got back to him because I realized I didn't miss him. Right. You know, I just had no desire to talk to him so i didn't you know mm -hmm. and and then months and months went by and eventually i did finally reach back out with him and i got together with him to tell him i don't really feel like seeing you anymore and he was upset obviously by that but that's when things ended with my dad yeah. really didn't he give you an ultimatum at that point, was, it, was that around the time he gave you the ultimatum? No. So that was actually a little bit before that. Um, when I was leaving high school around the time I was leaving. No, it was. Yeah, it was around the time I was leaving high school. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. No, I thought it was some I, money of, of your I'm own. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. So when I was in high school, we my the rear main seal on my car was leaking and it was leaking oil like crazy you know i was like every day having to put a full bottle of oil in wow. in my car it was fucking nuts and so and it was going to cost over a thousand dollars to get it fixed my grandfather my dad's dad had left all the grandkids like a few thousand dollars as as an inheritance and so i went to my dad to ask for uh, that inheritance a little bit early because I was supposed to get it when I was 18 wasn't 18 yet but I was going to ask him for the for it just so that I could pay that off and he was upset because I was interning at the church and he wanted me to quit doing that get a real job and start going to the kingdom hall right and going out in service and, and knocking on doors and stuff like that and and that he would instead of coming out of the inheritance, he would loan me that money, mm. you know, and then I would pay him back over time. And I told him that the Bible says that you sh you're not supposed to go into debt. <laughs> and I walked out yeah, on it. And that was really like, that really hurt our relationship that never got never get that money. Yeah. Yeah. My mom made sure when I turned 18 to get me that money and that's what bought that guitar. Oh, that and some other stuff, I think. Right. But so anyway, I broke things off with my with dad. dad. Yep. Yeah. Which he's still a Jehovah's Witness, still thinks he's right about all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. He's going to die a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I got kicked out of Cornerstone, though, for not going to chapel enough. I don't understand how the fucking kids did that. Like, didn't it you, was like, you had a something. card you had to scan when you went, right? Yeah. So they could track how often you went. Yeah. So crazy to me because, like, College is supposed to be the time when you start playing adult. It's so it's supposed to be a safe enough space where you can play adult. You can you can test the waters without completely fucking your life up. Right. Right. So you can 
try smoking. You can stay out too late. You can go to parties. You can hitchhike. Yeah. <laughs> this is all stuff I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but then you have like the safety net of like your dorm room or, or, you know, you have your meal plan and yeah. stuff like that. Like, and we had like RAs and stuff in our dorm who, and we didn't have a curfew, but like you weren't allowed to bring like boys back to your room and right. stay overnight and stuff like that, which I still think is, it's crazy to me that, that, but also you had roommates. So yeah, why would you be that person? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> you were that person. I was that person. My yeah. poor roommate, my poor roommate, Lindsay. <laughs> We were both Lindsay. Oh, that would have been weird. Yeah. Spelled differently. Probably. It was spelled differently. Yeah. Yep. But no, no two Lindsay's have the same spelling. Nope. <laughs> it sounds like when you, it's maybe not all Christian colleges are the same. I have no idea. And you only have the experience with just the one. Right. But it sounds like people went from one nanny situation at their another. house to just another nanny situation. That's exactly what it was. And that was the selling point for that school. Right. You know, is that how are they, how do you become an adult then? Well, you never do. That's the thing. Well, eventually you have to. <laughs> you would, you, yeah, you do have to, but you're not. They're not going to prepare you for that. Oof. That's the thing. That Rough. you have any idea how many of those fucking kids got divorced? <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't know how, what the fuck they right. were doing, right. you know. But that's the plan. That's the master plan for them. Right, is to go there, pair up within the first few weeks end up getting married at some point in those four years so that they can have sex and then, you know, spit out some kids mm -hmm. and then deal with life. If you know? they're having, I mean, I had Connor's way before I was prepared to have children and yeah. luckily things all worked out fine. Right. He's actually a very well-adjusted child. Yeah. Um, But like they're planning on having children. Yeah. And they're not, at least when I was 20, I had lived some life already. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it sounds to me like in that scenario, you get married, you have kids, and then it's like you're still a child. Yep. Raising children. So basically, then your parents are raising your children, kind of. Right. right? So it's just it's then, then the new cycle starts of these poor kids being brainwashed into Christianity. And it's kind of like my mom. I was talking to my mom earlier about some of this stuff. And she was talking about how with Joe's witnesses, they get you, they, they force you to be reliant on the community of the Jehovah's, Jehovah's witnesses. Like, uh, they're the only people you can go to for help on anything right. is other Jehovah's witnesses. And, and they kind of set things up in your life by saying, you know, you're not allowed to go to college and all this kind of stuff. They set things up for you to be reliant on other mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. And other Jehovah's Witnesses. So then it's worse if you try and leave. I think that's what they kind of do with Christians in kind of a larger sense is they make it so you're dependent on other Christians in order to get through life, you right. know, and then you're not going to leave. What what led us to all, on, on that path, though, was talking about chapel. Yes. Um, not going, how I got kicked out for not going to chapel enough. I swear to God, it was something crazy like having to go to five a week something like that and they're like an hour long did you get warnings yeah i got warnings i i the first semester i ended up having to go to basically a note-taking class that was for bad kids you oh. know yeah 
uh, because my College grades also detention. weren't great. Yeah, and they gave me a pass on the first semester for for chapels, but they were like, "You gotta hit the goals for the next one." And I was like, "Okay," and that didn't work. You know, the the only one I would go to really was, and I don't know why I kept doing this. There was one a week where it would be in this one building where like you could scan your card and then just walk out the back exit mm. and go spend your day doing something real. Right. Um, and I, so I would do that quite a bit and a bunch of other kids would do, you know, yeah. I started falling in with the bad kids by that would go smoke behind a strip mall near the school. And, and I, I realized that those were the people I really liked. <laughs> <laughs> The naughty ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because by the end of the, by the end of all of this, I ended up losing my virginity and smoking weed for the first time, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And, and um, which one, both, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if I ever broke the rule of dancing, I probably did at some point. Yeah. You weren't allowed to dance there. What? And yet they had a dance troupe. Who had apparently had to get permission every time they practiced. Wow. It's so fucking weird. Why? Okay. So they I also, they also told the students that they would have teachers and stuff go to all the clubs in town. Yeah. Even <laughs> to diversions see, to see, to watch for students, all the students uh, to make sure they weren't like going out dancing. Yeah. Do you guys have to get like branded or something so they would know who you all are? No, they just like <laughs> you just believed it. <laughs> In retrospect, it's so fucking ridiculous. I know, especially since I think at that time, back in the day, there was like very few places to go dance. And most of them, you had to be 21, 21. and up. Yeah. The only place you could go when I was in college and dance was Diversions, which right. was the gay club. Yeah. So it was it 18 be, and up. I yeah. Think. Yeah. You had to pay a $10 cover if you were right. under 21. Um, so I'm now I'm just picturing all of the, the cornerstone kids. teachers, yeah. teachers <laughs> going to diversions to make sure the kids weren't dancing. <laughs> and yeah. I'm using air quotes around that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few that are just really eager yeah. to always, always stay, stay um, on watch. This week we need somebody to go to diver. I got, I got it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, no well, reason. This is the <laughs> sixth time in a row you. Yeah. They, I mean, I, you know, I, there's a bartender there that knows me. He's straight. He just works there because yeah. it's good tips. He's a, <laughs> he's a Christian. He's trying to fight from the inside. Right. Yeah. He, he, he makes the drinks without alcohol. <laughs> Oh, your your dedication is just so <laughs> admirable. Last week when I went, there was a guy in the bathroom that asked me to suck his dick, and I did it because I didn't want to blow my cover. Because <laughs> I blew I, him, so I wouldn't blow my cover. <laughs> that's how much into this I am, and yeah. I'm just full in to this yeah. mission. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I left, I was I stopped thinking about Christianity for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of ignored it and just trying to figure out, I guess, who I was really at that point. But then when I got to around my mid twenties, the real journey out of it began. It probably would have been about 2008. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it probably would have been about 2008. I started asking myself, uh, I started getting back into Christianity. Okay. Any particular reason why? I don't remember. Like, I think it was like, oh. Were you dating the girl? It was probably, yeah, that that one girl. Ah, yeah. okay. <laughs> it was All probably right. like the, the going, girl. going through some issues with this one girl that I was obsessed with. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if things were on the out. And I started, you know, looking into Christianity again. Right. For, you felt feeling lost better. and needed a shepherd. Yeah, yeah. Some bullshit like that, right? And I realized that I had never led anybody to Christ. I had never converted anybody. And I felt like I was a really bad Christian for that. So I decided I was going to go on a mission to convert somebody to Christianity. And since God so obviously exists, so obviously apparent that God exists, who would be easier to convert than atheists? be the easiest people right yes totally like like we need to convert the jews too (laughs) but let's start easy with the atheists (laughs) the people who just don't believe in god at all as opposed to the people who believe in god just a different way yeah yeah (laughs) because like that's understandable that's understandable that they that they 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 think god exists they're just inaccurate Is, the original, the, the original people who believed in this God. Yeah. They're yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I thought that? Because the Bible told me so. <laughs> the Christian Bible told me so. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, so, yeah, I, I thought, why not just take a stab at <laughs> converting an atheist? And I decided I'm not, I'm going to genuinely try and meet atheists where they're at, right? Like, I'm not going to take any easy outs where it's, and we've talked about this many times before, where like there's all those mental gymnastics you have to do as a Christian. Like, God has a plan. Mm. Sometimes God says no. Mm-hmm. God's ways are bigger than ours. Those little, those, those things you say to give excuses to God right. for things that don't make any sense. And I decided, for some reason, I don't know why this is, I was talking to my mom about this. Like if God exists, God led me to be an atheist because I don't know where I got it, where I was like, I'm just not taking any of those answers as real anymore. And I, I took up this motto that just kind of came out of nowhere of anything worth believing in stands up to questioning. You know, another way of saying that would be, don't be afraid to question mm-hmm. your beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's not okay if you're a Christian. It, you know? if, if you are anywhere on the teeter-totter, yeah, it's not a good thing to do right. if you want to stay Christian, in my opinion. I mean, I've seen all kinds of news articles that I refuse to read that are like, how I how I used to be an atheist and th- these 10 Bible verses made me Christian. And I'm like, right. no, you were never an atheist. Right. Let's be clear. Whatever you were. Yeah. It wasn't. It was atheist. not an atheist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started going down the route of from the aspect of science, like, like how could I disprove it using science? Cause mm-hmm. I could figure that out. Yes. You. <laughs> how to scientifically prove God exists. Yes. Clearly nobody's really put in you, the effort to try and do this before. With your science de- oh wait. <laughs> yeah, with my degree uh, oh wait. <laughs> no degree whatsoever. Um <laughs> I couldn't even live up to the academic standards of a Christian college. <laughs> So I started going down the scientific route looking for for why people didn't believe that 
you know, the earth was 6,000 years old. And because as hard as it is for me to believe this now, I was absolutely still a creationist. Thanks to canned ham. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made this note here. <laughs> um, I want to say I thought the earth was around 10,000 years old, but I also believed in dinosaurs. So I might have just been dumb. <laughs> one of those people who thought the devil put the dinosaur bones in the earth. Not, not by this point. <laughs> and honestly, I will say this. I think a big reason for that is because of Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, like those movies actually did, like, even though they're not super scientifically accurate or anything, they did get me to realize like, okay, this is real. Right. You know, like the science of of studying dinosaur bones and stuff that's real. So I started looking into the, to the scientific reasoning, why like the big bang and stuff like that. Right. So I started watching YouTube videos, explaining the stuff I was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson. And um, I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name. Michu Keiku, I think is his name. Does great videos explaining how we understand how the universe came to be. Right. Right. It was fascinatingly learning about, okay, this is how they can calculate the weight of a galaxy and they can use the Doppler effect to, to figure out its trajectory and speed and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so using all that, you can mathematically rewind the universe. You can figure out how we, it got here by rewinding it. And just, right. I found this thing about how they, predicted years beforehand that if you built a strong enough, I think it was a radio uh, telescope, if you built a strong enough one, you could would see a barrier 13 billion light years out in all directions. And that's the cosmic microwave background. Um, so they predicted this years before they actually built the thing to see it. And they were right, you know, mm -hmm. and you start realizing like <laughs> all of those predictions about the end times over the years and <laughs> something like that like fucking Christians never get anything like that. Right. No, you know, and it's like that really has an impact when you they're know able to why? predict stuff. Because like they're guessing. Yeah, totally. Just pulling it out of their ass completely. <laughs> Jesus kept predicting that the end of the world was going to happen within the first generation of Christians. Right. I also realize now that this stuff happens in science all the time. Scientific method is the is a hell of a thing. It really is. <laughs> and it, that's the thing that I always feel like is missing out of a lot of Christian arguments. Because I hear a lot of like, well, scientists said this, but then later they changed their mind. Or they or later they were proved wrong. And I want to be like, that is, did you clearly didn't learn what the scientific method was in school? Because right. that is whole part of the process yeah. is you formulate a hypothesis, you do a bunch of testing, you get the results, and then you start the whole process all over again. And you keep yep. doing it and doing it and doing it until your results are consistent forever. Right. And while, and while, yes, that one was proved wrong. Right. They, they accounted for that yes. and they, they changed the, right. the, the, the theory and they moved on from there. Right. And now it's more accurate. Yes. They want to be proven wrong right. because they want to Progress. have a better idea of what truth is, yes. what reality is. And I never really understood that. Like, fucking hell. Like, I made a joke about this in the last episode about um, if citadels, if evolution's real, why don't citadels still no. give birth to cities? Right. You know, they, they were still telling me when I was a kid that, you know, monkeys should be having human babies if that was how evolution worked and that's not how evolution works no because 
humans didn't evolve from monkeys. Right. Humans and monkeys have a similar ancestor. Yeah, we're cousins, essentially. Yeah. Very distantly removed right. cus- cousins. Right. And there's a big difference between those two things. So, yeah, like look, looking into the Big Bang led to me looking into evolution, which led to reading The Greatest Show on Earth by Richard Dawkins, which was mm. a great book. Very dry. Dawkins. Yeah, very dry, very British. You could, there's a lot of better YouTube videos out there if you're, if you're if you happen to be on the fence about evolution or something like that there's plenty of information out there that's probably better but i would that really cracked my mind open Dawkins. To, see, to see how that worked yeah. yeah i don't i don't know how many people who listen to our podcast are actual believers still and just kind of get a kick out of our sh- foolishness but like the enemy of christianity is knowledge that's why the uh, adam and eve when they ate the mm-hmm. fruit right. from the tree it was the tree of knowledge right and that's what damned humanity. Yeah. That's the, it's like, it's right there. Right. It's in the story that the, the, like they're very, being very honest. Right. With we that. want you to be ignorant. Yeah. yeah. To be godly, you must be ignorant. Yeah. Um, And I think people should fill themselves with, I mean, that goes back to me saying I read a bunch of philosophy books in high school. I think people should fill themselves with as much knowledge as possible. Right. Yeah. And you know, if, for some reason that leads you to still believe in Christianity, then fine. But right. I, I doubt. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I really doubt it. <laughs> Understanding finally what the big bang really was. Thanks to my high school science teacher, never telling me. Um, <laughs> they don't teach. They're not allowed to teach. No, I that. know that's fucked up. Yeah. And that is fucked up. That's, we absolutely should be teaching kids mm-hmm. how the universe came to be and how we came to be on this planet. My teacher got around that by assigning us a paper. And I can't remember. It was like you could do you could do a paper on the theory of evolution or you could do a paper on something else. Like you were given the option to to do one of these two subjects. And one was very like my Christian parents won't let me do a paper on the theory of evolution. And the other one was like. Uh, my parents don't give a fuck. And I luckily I fell into the my parents don't give a fuck camp. Or I, I likely wouldn't have even talked to them about it. I would have just done it on my own. I actually still have the paper downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking back, it's very obvious that my one of my one, if not both of my science teachers were definitely raging atheists. Right. For sure. Um, so that's how he managed that's kind of an atheist. A raging, raging atheist. atheist. Yeah. That's how he managed to get around it and still kind of touch on that without it being part of his lesson plan. Right. Yeah. And it's shitty that that's what they have to do because I didn't really, he didn't teach me anything. Everything I learned was from my own research and that only is dependent on what you have. Right. But he gave you the opportunity. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's good at least. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's crazy to me. So yeah, going down that scientific route that led me to realize that maybe you can't prove the existence of God scientifically. Obviously, this is by God's design because everything is. So if you knew that God existed, then there was no reason to have faith in God. And that's what God really wants is for you to have faith that he exists. Why? Yeah. (laughs) Why can't you just know that he exists? Right. If the very fate of your soul rests on believing in whether God exists or not. Why can't you just know? Why can't you just know? You know, like, yeah. (laughs) So I put that aside and asked myself like, well, philosophically, 
you know, how can we tackle it this way? Right. And that's what led to watching. Um, I remember this was one of the first videos I watched on it was, uh, why does God not heal amputees? And that led me to asking some tough questions about like, what does God actually do for us? Cause, um, and you and I have talked about this before because we talked about it in the last episode when we cut it. And then I felt like I didn't explain this very well. The issue with that, I think really is it's the most tangible thing that when you're a believer, God healing people is probably the most tangible thing God does for you. Mm-hmm. Like you can think that God helped you get a job or find your car keys or whatever, but healing is where like a physical thing has to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But you realize like that's clearly not always happening. It's only happening. Like if you have cancer or something, you can't really physically see, like you can see it with imaging and stuff like that. Something but that like, doctors yeah. can, can cure. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's told it's possible for doctors to cure. So therefore it's, you know, God can do it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's your pinky toe and you're the most devout Christian that has ever existed. God will never regrow that toe. Right. It has never happened. Did and he do that know. in the Bible? Did he grow, regrow limbs in the Bible? There, I feel there was, there was, um, there precedent for that. There was the guy with the withered hand whose hand was healed. Right. I think that might be the closest to like, well, also there is uh, when Jesus was getting arrested, one of the one of the disciples cut off a dude's ear. I think it was Peter oh, cut off a dude's ear, ear back on and he healed him in one of the stories. Yeah, he healed. Yes, him. Yes. In the other story, he didn't. He reattached his ear. But yeah. listen, he had the ear. Right. Doctors can also do that. That's true. You can reattach it. Yes. Also, that it didn't happen. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to find the precedent for like, like they wouldn't have been able to do that back then. Obviously, you know? not. No, there would nobody. Oh, you mean reattach? Yeah, the ear. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think you would have been able to just sew that back on no, and had it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It just reattaches all the blood vessels and shit, and all of a yeah. sudden your ear works fine. Right. Yeah. No. You're right. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I I can't think of any time. Any other time where anybody regrew a limb. And if they did, it wouldn't have been real. Like there's never been a documented instance in no, modern I, I, scientific. I'm just saying. I understand for, the Bible's not real. I, well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying like there's never been a documented instance right. of it happening in reality. So, so that means a lot if God's not doing that. Right. And then I started watching Hitchens and Dawkins videos. There was Religious, which came out. I'm not a big fan of Bill Maher nowadays, but his documentary really did have a big impact on me at that point i was also watching atheist experience videos which is um out of uh austin texas they still are doing this um matt dillahunty he's he's left the atheist experience but he's a really great debater he's a master debater master debater he's a master debater he's really he does a really great job of of explaining to people sometimes in (laughs) in very aggressive ways why he doesn't believe and why they shouldn't believe either. I mean, listen, sometimes you have to be aggressive and then oh, yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of being a woman. Yeah. Honestly, being an atheist, um, being a man, the closest thing you're ever going to get to being a woman is being an atheist mm. because as a woman, you're not allowed to be angry or else you get, you're a bitch or you're, you're an angry woman, right? Whereas men, when they get angry, usually it's justified somehow. Right. 
I feel the same way about being an atheist because there are lots of Christians out there get very aggressive about their faith, right? And defending their faith. But the minute you're an atheist and you get even slightly aggressive about your beliefs, then you're like just one of those bitter, angry atheists. Right. You're just angry because you don't have the love of God in your life. Right. Yeah. And that just makes us more angry when people say shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when when you're an angry woman and someone's like, you're just on your period. And you're like, oh, man. Mm, right. I wish I was because I could murder you right now and get away with it. <laughs> Can you get away with it? I think there's a murdering I think, I, I think, when you're on your period. I think there have been several trials where women have either assaulted somebody or murdered somebody. And I don't know if they I honestly don't know what the results of it were, but that has been the defense. Okay. Because they're hormonal. Right. That's interesting. Temporary insanity. Yeah. 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 Just, we were just, you were just having your atheist period. (laughs) God's just leaking out of me. (laughs) Your doubt, doubt, (laughs) there's doubt leaking out of your body. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I went through that, the, the philosophical, like I, I, can't really there's more to it i can't really remember like all the things i covered when it came to the philosophical side of things but it kind of just at that point teetered out where it was like i don't fucking know (laughs) like i still believed technically i still believed but i went through what i what i'm calling in my notes here the solemn period Mm. where like i just kind of left it alone i didn't really think about it i didn't pray hardly at all very different outcome than I thought I was going to have going into it. Like I'm going to prove God exists, you know? And this was also like around 2008. So the financial collapse happened that had a big impact on, on me and my mom because my mom worked in the financial sector. Um, she ended up losing her job and all that kind of stuff. So things were not going great and God was not seeming to help. Yeah. No. Yeah. Lots of people. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. This is another story from a listener who didn't want the Jehovah's Witnesses to be able to recognize their voice. So Linz is going to read this. Hi, guys. Here's the short version of mine and my husband's wake up story. We were both born into the religion. He was a third generation and I was a fourth generation. Both of us had moments when we questioned certain teachings, but we were able to push the doubts down and carry on. He was an elder and I was a regular pioneer. As an elder, he was exposed to more of how the sausage was made and he was beginning to doubt that prayers were answered. He dealt with a child sexual abuse case that made him lose all faith in prayer. But he says the last prayer he ever said was that I, his wife, would wake up and he now says it's the only miracle he believes in. Right around the time that his elder body was dealing with the CSA case, the Watchtower came out with a four-article series about child sex abuse. My husband was the Watchtower conductor. Someone commented, This is useful information that we can use in our day-to-day lives, not just in the congregation and how we deal with pedophiles. Somehow, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. He was standing on stage and he realized it was all bullshit and thought to himself, what are we doing here? 
He couldn't tell me that he had suddenly realized this religion that we lived and breathed was complete malarkey. He stepped down as an elder a few months later, saying it was for health reasons, which wasn't untrue. His body would not let him do the door-to-door work. He would get seriously ill every time he would try and go out in the ministry. I was beginning to worry he was having an affair. He was suddenly so detached and, God forbid, he grew his beard out. Then our son and all his friends woke up. They're teens and not afraid to research things on the internet and word spread quickly in their group that it was a cult. This happened shortly after COVID started. COVID is one of the best things that ever happened to me. It gave me time to research scriptures that I couldn't make sense of. Normally, I'd tell myself I would do research later when I had time, but I never had time, and then I would forget what it was that I had wanted to research. Suddenly, with COVID, if I had a hard time with a teaching or scripture, I could research it right there without worrying about people noticing that I wasn't paying attention to the meeting. At the time, the weekly Bible reading included the account where the Israelites were violently taking land from the Midianites and the soldiers spared the women and children, but the prophet found out and said Jehovah was angry and they needed to kill everyone except the virgins. They could keep the virgin girls for themselves. I was researching this account, trying to make it make sense, and they came across a lie in the publications. It said Jehovah was a loving God and cited the example of his people only killing the men and sparing the women and children and went on to point out how men's wars killed innocent civilians, but not God's wars. But if you read a few more verses down, you'd see that God's prophet told them to go back and kill most of the women and the children. This was when I lost my trust in Watchtower, but I was still thinking it was probably the one true religion, but they definitely made mistakes. I showed this article to my husband and he wasn't even a little bit surprised that they lied. Then he said something about the Jehovah's Witnesses being harmless for the most part. And that's when I knew he no longer believed it was the truth. Witnesses love to quote that scripture about all the people that would die in Armageddon and how their bodies would turn into manure that would stretch to the ends of the earth. I thought to myself that if I made it into the paradise, both my husband and my son would be that manure. That's when I decided I no longer wanted to try and make it into paradise. I didn't want to be there without them. Then I was listening to an episode of the podcast, My Favorite Murder, about the book The Wave by Todd Strasser. I was listening at work and I absolutely broke down sobbing. I recognized all the same control techniques and how they were used by Watchtower. Shortly after we watched Under the Banner of Heaven, I was like, holy crap, we're Mormons. So now I'm physically in, mentally out faking being a witness because I can't afford to lose my job and I don't want to lose all my friends and family. We went from being really strong in the truth to weak. The elders were borderline stalking us and it was stressing me out. But then one night I smoked a little marijuana and watched The Big Lebowski for the first time and I had an epiphany. When the dude and Walter showed up at the kid's house dressed in suits and briefcases, I realized the elders were no different. There are nobodies in suits with briefcases and they couldn't make me talk to them and they couldn't take my friends and family away as long as I can keep my mouth shut. I find your podcast and others like it comforting in the reassurance that I'm not a bad person. I don't have a bad heart. I haven't just fallen for Satan's lies, and it really is just ancient Israel's fan fiction. And then the day I finally let go, so there's that girl that I was obsessed with. Mm -hmm. She had moved to, 
another state and um, I had heard that she had gotten married. I found out um, she had gotten married and it just crushed me. Aww. I know it was, and really it shouldn't have that we could go down the whole thing. I'm like, I should have just let it, I shouldn't have been so obsessed with her and, and should have let this go. But um, it really crushed me. And, you know, I was praying. I remember actually praying for the first time in, in months at that point. Uh, like you got to do something. You got to like show me that you're actually there and doing something and just feeling nothing coming back yeah. from it, which was never a thing when I was in high school and stuff like that. I would always feel something there. God would come into you. Yeah. I think you wrote that in one of your books. Yeah. Yeah. Come deep inside me. And yeah, um, yeah. I remember the day that it happened and I was living in this apartment where that looked out over the city and it, I had the closest thing I've ever had to a vision where I saw all these buildings and stuff like that, like being propped up with toothpicks and they just started flying away. And it was the excuses I always had in mm-hmm. my head for all those easy outs for, to excuse away God. It was like, they were all just kind of blown away in my mind. Like, sure. and I was seeing like, okay, God doesn't exist. And it all just made more sense. And I actually said the words, God's not real. For the first time and i damned myself to hell uh-huh. <laughs> with it you know yeah, yeah. but nothing happened no nothing. there was no like the ground you know fucking coming up. open yeah. open, open swallowing me nothing which would have been weird because i was on the third floor um <laughs> <laughs> it was really intense and it was sad but it was i also came out of it feeling a lot of relief we've talked about this before but i think we talked about it uh, when we were talking about the um, Saul on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. how this was my Saul on the road to Damascus moment right. where you were struck down, but not by Jesus, but by Darwin. Yep. Yeah. yeah. By atheism. That was how I ended up getting out of it. Um, did you ever, after you decided God was not real, did you consider yourself an atheist or did you go through that phase where you're like, well, I'm agnostic. I'm not, I'm going to say that I'm not sure. Like, were you com- were you instantly comfortable with the revelation that you came to? Or was there a transition period where you were like, I don't believe in God. But I'm not 100% sure yet. So I'm so I'm not going to call myself an atheist. Right. Yet. I don't remember ever considering myself an agnostic. I don't like I, I at least never putting that label on it. Right. You know? When I let go, I really just let go okay. of it, which is kind of true to form for me. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's kind of really is. See like, how many stopped hobbies he houses in this room. <laughs> yeah. God was just one of those <laughs> hobbies. Um, <laughs> One that I just never went back to. Yeah. Until this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, but you've gone back to it in a very atheist way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really was just kind of done at that point. And I kind of realized it doesn't make any sense for God to exist for the first time. You know, that being said, like the journey was far from over. Like I still, like I might've kind of came to that decision then that God didn't exist and everything, but there was still like a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about before. And a lot of it, I started learning when we did this podcast, Yeah, like I'll never fucking forget. Like this, this attitude I had of like, Oh my God, what if we find out that there's like an error in the Bible? Like, you know, I really still thought that there were no errors in the Bible and that, 
you know, like you just. Which is, it has to be something left over from your Christianity because to me, of course there are errors in the Bible. They're written by human men. Yeah. So, so of course, so of course there's errors. And especially when you get to the idea of like, it's clear that not one person wrote it. Yeah. Like you can't smush a bunch of stories together and it's all going to make sense. Right. You just can't. It's like taking a bunch of Aesop's fables and expecting them to be like all one cohesive story. Except if you believe that God does exist. Right. Then of course it's going to be perfect. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Your idea must have been like a holdover in your brain. My thinking was that they had changed the Bible over time is probably what I would have at some, some point thought that they, they had, um, perfected it written it in such a way translated it in such a way that it got rid of anything that like that gotcha you know because i had certainly never seen an error and i had read the bible so thoroughly (laughs) as a christian yeah yeah so um for years that's what i kind of thought that there was very few errors or anything that at least was like uncontrovertible errors like a simple math error right right like there obviously couldn't be because how could people think that the Bible was perfect if there was math errors in there? And then like one of our first episodes, we find out that God can't count. Right. You know, which yeah. is a classic. For wow. me. I love that still. Yeah. But um, it was really basic math error that they just ignore, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that means to me that there is clearly no God behind the Bible because of perfect God wrote this as a message to humanity. The message itself would have to be perfect. Right. But Josh, yeah. the human mind can't handle perfection. There's gotta be errors. Yeah. I, I disagree with it. Why? I, I, yeah. Like I, know, that, that, I know. I know. I know. You know, that's, that's the <laughs> thing that was like, then why? Yeah. Why? Why is God limited with his abilities? It's, then It's interesting because it actually kind of plays into the idea of the uncanny valley, right? The, the, of AI or like a computer generated thing being so perfect that we, we don't trust it. Mm. Like it looks so real and so perfect that in our minds we're like, that's not real because it's too perfect. And so, and perhaps in the Christian mindset also the excuse would be like, well, we can't, we can't handle perfection because our minds just can't take that. Yeah. Sort of idea. I think we could have handled if the math worked out. No, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's the yeah. thing is like when, when they say stuff like that, because you're absolutely right. That is exactly the kind of stuff that they'll tell you. What they're not telling you is like, but why, right. why is that the case? Why are you limited in that way? And you don't believe it's like, you want that to be the story, right? You want that to be the story that, that, that there is this limitation and it's like this poetic thing that keeps things constantly in flux and you don't really know mm-hmm. what's truth and what isn't. And we, you just have to make a choice and go on faith and, right. and all that kind of stuff. Well, no, you don't. You yeah. can actually think about this stuff logically. Why would a perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing being make a fucking book with math errors in it and, and hinge your soul's fate on that? Right. You know? Yeah. So... Well, that's fucked up. Um. <laughs> well, and humans are, I feel like, and I feel like, I don't know if this has always been a thing, but I've been noticing even through doing this podcast with you is when, when humans say to another human, why, 
it almost feels like, and I've, even in this podcast, there was a couple times where I was like, why? And like the look on your face instantaneously is like, God damn it. I don't want to answer this question. Like it's like an, and I don't, I don't think that that's what you're thinking, Yeah. but like the instant reaction is someone just being going, just going, why? And I don't know if that question comes off sounding like combative, right? but it, I feel like anytime I've said, cause I, I say why a lot. Yeah, <laughs> because I yeah. want to know why, and yeah. I say it to you a lot, but I say it to yeah, other people do. all. <laughs> why? Yeah, <laughs> tell me why. Why do I'm... you say it? <laughs> no. Because I want to know the reason no, behind I, things. I, I, and yeah, I get that. And and but it... I think I think the issue that I have with it when it comes up <laughs> on this show is like, how the fuck am I going to explain this? <laughs> like, because I wasn't planning <laughs> on it, I hadn't thought through like the explanation for it. It's it's such a a lot of the times when it comes to Christianity and, and stuff like this, like, like when it comes to, you know, I was struggling with explaining the whole, the fact that God doesn't heal people right. um, means that God's not doing anything for us. Like I had a hard time with that. That's because like, it's such an emotional thing. It's hard to put into words in any sort of logical way. What, what it is that you're thinking with that, but. So that's my struggle with, with yeah. the question of why yeah. sometimes on this, but it's a good question to ask. It's I always so. a good, it's always a good question to ask. It's just, I can't always prepare for yeah. all of the whys, yeah. you know? Anyway. It just sounds so whiny to yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but why? But why? <laughs> and then just to kind of wrap this up, you know, after letting go, what really came after that and one of the big things was fallout with my mom or at least what i thought was fallout with my mom because post 2008 as i was leaving christianity my mom was trying to figure out her own life you know like after mm. losing her job and stuff like that she was trying to figure out what she was going to be doing and she got into the church very deeply and this is when she started working on becoming a pastor so while i was leaving she was getting deeper into it there was a couple times where my mom was asking me to go to church with her and I did go, but it doesn't, you know, didn't really have any impact right. or anything. She could tell that I was like leaving the whole thing behind and stuff like that. And she felt like she was not doing enough to cram it down my throat in a way, mm, you know, like she was, mm -hmm. but she was also trying not to, she was also trying to let me have my journey in a way too. Like she wasn't, it's a tough balancing act. Right. You know, when you think you see your kid going down the wrong direction, how do you let them be themselves, but also give them guidance and stuff? And then she was trying to guide herself through life right. at the same time, too. It's something that I wasn't even thinking about at the time. Kids never think about what their parents are going through. You yeah. forget that they're fully formed human beings who have to make a lot of hard decisions. Yeah. Until you get to a, about this age right. that I was at where you really start seeing your parents for just other adults. Like you start realizing you're an adult and you start being the age they were when they had you and right. stuff like that. And you start recognizing that they're just other people. For a long time, I thought in, that she didn't mean to make me feel this way, but that the impression I got was that she was embarrassed that mm. her kid was, was an atheist while she was becoming a pastor. You know, I talked to my mom before, right before we recorded this to ask her a little bit about that. Cause I couldn't remember like any specific discussion we had about like, I am an atheist mom. Um, and she couldn't really remember a specific instance either, but she was telling me that 
that wasn't embarrassing to her. The fact that I wasn't a Christian wasn't embarrassing to her. The whole process of becoming a pastor was embarrassing to her hmm. because they were giving her such a hard time for being not married and being divorced oh. that um, they were constantly making her feel like she didn't belong. And that's something I had no idea she was going through. Yeah. It's not surprising to no. hear that. And I don't know why she stuck with it. No. And she hasn't. Well, now. I know. I know she has now, now. She hasn't. Yeah. But, but yeah, it took a long time for, her. and the reason and she, she actually gave me a really good reason for it. And it was, I've kind of talked about it already is, with Jehovah's Witnesses, they train you that the community of the witnesses is what you rely on. So she was looking for that community because she needed help during that time. Like she was so broke right? and everything. She even talked about how her pastor, who was an asshole um, and probably still is, he said, you know, thank God, basically, that you're able to get student loans. That that was how God was helping her. Oh, giving was, her debt? Yeah. And she recognized that that was bullshit, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it was this fucked up thing that she was going through, too, during that whole period. And then when we recorded the Saturnalia for the Paganalia episode, uh, that was the first episode we had my mom on. She apparently thought that I had taken science classes at Cornerstone, which is how I, you know, stopped believing. Those are the science classes that would get you to stop believing. No, I don't think there were. And I don't think I took any while I was actually there. But, you know, she didn't realize that actually it was the whole thing that I had talked about, about wanting to convert somebody to Christianity. That was a huge thing for her because she realized it wasn't about any choices she made as, as far as like forcing me to go to church or anything like that. Oh, okay. She realized that I had came to God with an open heart asking for guidance on this. And this is the path that I went down, right. you know? And so she goes, and I and I had to write, write this down. She goes, God doesn't need me to defend him. If God needs me to defend him, then he's not God. Mm -hmm. You know? And I'm really proud of that. And that's a great line, Mom. Because um, <laughs> she listens to all these episodes. Good job, so, Jill. Yeah. And she's absolutely right about that. So it th that's kind of like where we've ended up with all of this. Is th That's the journey that I went on for this is... You know, then doing this podcast, like I said, has led to me realizing whole new levels of of stuff that I could have seen if I had really been looking for it when I was younger that to, to lead you out of it. But right. it's so obvious that it doesn't exist now. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. To me, at least. Or that the Bible is inaccurate. I think that's the biggest thing that we've done with this this podcast is just about, you know, maybe God exists, maybe God doesn't. It's up to you to decide. But what I can say pretty definitively is that the Bible has nothing to do oh, with whatever yeah. deity could or could not be out there, right. you know, um, at least that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, and so I've, I finally finished a very excellent book called Sapiens. And yeah. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I finally finished it because I was reading it erratically. Um, but there's a whole section in that book about, religion and the need of religion in, in the evolution of homo sapiens because of the community aspect of it and the need to explain things in a time where there weren't reasons for things. 
right? Why does the moon rise? Why does the sun set? Why are there waves? Why do trees die? Yeah. I always thought of it as like a way of shutting up kids from asking why, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and, and that's the modern version of it. But back in yeah. the day when we, when there wasn't a healthy, robust science community, you know, back when we were hunters and gatherers, which yeah. is the, we're the real roots of where kind of like a religion would have started. Right. Like it, it be, and obviously they weren't, the religion that people are now, right? They believed in like tree gods and all kinds of stuff like that. And it explained the seasons and, and why you could eat certain animals but couldn't eat other animals. Right. And actually the reason was because this animal is poisonous and this animal isn't, right, in the long run. But back then they wouldn't have known that. They would have just known that like this god doesn't want you to eat this. Right. Um, but they want you to eat this. Or right. like the tree turns this color in the fall and the God is going to sleep. So we're going to move to this other part of the world right. during this time. Yeah. Like it just became the, the good way to impart information among a bunch of people who maybe weren't always together. Yeah. Um, it needs to get handed down generation yes, to generation. Some common knowledge. Yeah. And we've reached a point as a, as a society, mostly, where you don't need that anymore. Right. We we have other ways to communicate things. What's, what's interesting, and you're just making me think of this, is it actually, you, you still kind of see that as a way of studying for certain kinds of information, like to memorize certain kinds of inf information where you tell yourself a story. Oh, right. You know, to, to remember things and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of a mnemonic mm -hmm. to, to get yourself... To remember stuff and and it, it's an interesting thing because yeah that is kind of it's almost like a mnemonic for yeah. a, a very small society yeah. you know storytelling is super important to humans yeah and to to the growth of homo sapiens till to this day stories are very important that's why we love movies that's why you're listening to this podcast yeah because we all need stories stories build connection they provide information there's a there's everything is based on a story unless you're touching it. Right. It's a story that we've been told. Our monetary system is a story. Our political system is a story. Your name is a story. Right. My name is a story. The fact that I'm an accountant, all those numbers, all stories, this table, that's real. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's weird to me that we've made all of this progress and evolution in a very short period of time, really. Yeah. And yet... This one thing seems to like be hanging on, be stuck to us, yeah. and it and and I feel like it's pushing a little bit more lately. Whereas it used to be, you couldn't even say that you didn't believe in God, right? Even if you didn't, like you had to, or else your life was going to be really bad, yeah, um, societally. And now it seems to be you know, a little bit more where it's like, well, I'm an atheist. We're doing a whole podcast about being atheists. Lots of people know we're atheists. Everyone right. I work with knows I'm an atheist. Yeah. And, and n nobody cares right. out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They might care to themselves. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, it, and it really is fascinating too. Cause like in about 50 years, we went from discovering flight mm -hmm. to, people walking on the moon right you know and the scientific progress we had yeah. from the early 1900s to the late 1900s was incredible yeah and it's still continuing to this day but in the 70s but, we had computers that were the size of a whole room yeah and were driven by cards 
with holes punched in them. Yeah. And now we keep them in our pockets. Right. Way more powerful computers in our pockets. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. And yet there are still people in this world who are like, God says this is bad, so you shouldn't be this way. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we still haven't caught up to that. And that's like, you know, we're slow to evolve. Yeah. We are like, we are slower to the... evolve. We're sl slower to evolve societally, I think, than we are to evolve scientifically. And because you're holding on to those stories. Yeah. That's like kids that who aren't traditions. told those stories. Connor. Like Connor. Like yeah. Connor. I, you know, I was aware of them, but he wasn't ever told that they were real. God, no, yeah. no, not by me. Not by you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, and he's, you know, raised atheist basically. And in most people's minds, that would mean he's probably a bad kid. He probably right. doesn't have any morals because he, why would he? Right. There's no religion to teach him those things, except yeah. he's one of the kindest, most giving human beings on this planet. Yeah, because as we have said many times before, religion doesn't make you a no. good person or a bad person. It just gives you a reason to be whatever that you are. Yep. So if you could go back and like re-examine your almost 40 years on yeah. this earth and it sounds like it hasn't you you definitely were have were christian longer than you've been an atheist but at this point it's not by much right right yeah 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 okay. so yeah mid 40s i would probably have passed that halfway mark yeah. by then right yeah or 50 right because you were what 25 you said yeah so you, you still yeah let's like uh, yeah it's i'm not entirely sure exactly what year it was but yeah it would have been around 25 yeah so, so when you look at your life and the trajectory that it took, would you say that the first 25, and it's hard because the first 25 years of anybody's lives are usually worse than the subsequent years just because you're a kid, right? And you're dumb and you make bad decisions. I don't know. I, I felt like the first 25 weren't bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, There's, I'm just trying yeah. to, I'm just trying to like, and not necessarily like situationally because- sure. You know, we all go through things, but like mentally, do you feel like after you made that decision, there was like your mental health was better? Oh my or? God. Oh my God. So yeah. So one big thing about this really is, like I said, I, after Cornerstone, I was jumping from job to job and stuff like that. When I let go of Christianity, it wasn't really necessarily like I said, God does not exist. I had that day. And then I went to school went mm -hmm. back to school. I think I was already enrolled to go back to school, but I was on the way out when I finally started realizing that God's not doing anything for me. I have to do stuff for myself. You know, I kept waiting because mm -hmm. I was always told God has a plan for you. There's something big that God is. You're so special, you know, <laughs> God has big thingies, big things he's going to do for big you, thingies. which, which like my mom still th believes, like I was talking to her earlier and she still thinks that maybe even this podcast has something to do with what god is doing through me which is really that's would be very surprising, wild but that's what she believes and that i i respect that but what is was so crazy to me back then though was letting realizing that i have to take control of my own life and not wait for god's plan to kick in right you know so yeah, that would probably be the biggest change that happened and it worked out great ultimately. Yeah. Like I still had plenty of rough years between then and today. Um, but 
ultimately leaving Christianity and leave and and taking more control over my own life had had a huge impact. I, I had a very comfortable life now because of that. So yeah, for sure. I'm jealous. I wish I had some sort of story to share. Where you stopped believing? Yeah, but I honestly can't. I can't recall ever having solid beliefs in it. I mean, I obviously dabbled in trying to, but I don't think. I, I can't, I just can't remember. I can't remember ever thinking like God's real. And I don't know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I came to that. I, I just have no recollection or reason yeah. as to, other than I was just like, most of the time when people would talk, I'd be like, this sounds like a lot of bullshit to me. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if you're really into the Cosby show and then you found out about Bill Cosby raping a bunch yeah. of women. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. Your experience? Of, of like. It's kind of like being super religious and then finding out a bunch of people in your religion raped a bunch of children. Well, yeah, that's. Yeah. And then somehow still what's, managed. What's fucking nuts? Like, this is this kind of stuff where I do, just don't understand my own mentality sometimes. And it's not just mine, it's a bunch of Christians and peoples back in the day. But um what I don't like, how did that not have a bigger impact? Like, why was that not the thing where I was like, well then where the fuck is God in this? Like I must right. I must have thought that, like, oh, it's because it's those Catholics. Yeah. You know, and they don't actually believe in God. So there's a um as everybody knows, I am a big fan of Kevin Smith. And yeah. there's a really on one of the podcasts. He gets his mom high, yeah, for the yeah. first time, and they they podcast together, and it's very it's a very sweet podcast. Grace is awesome, but she's super Catholic. She she started talking. She moved down to Florida, and she was talking about how she wasn't really worried about going to church as much, and it wasn't really like her losing her religion, but her losing her faith in the Catholic Church. Yeah, and one of the reasons she stated, besides actually the main reason she stated, is the the wealth hoarding by the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Smith is sitting there and he's like, Mom, they hid child rape. Yeah. And it's wealth hoarding that got you to turn away from the Catholic Church? Yeah. It's just, it's it's crazy what'll do it for some people. Yeah. You know? The Pope, uh, the, the former Pope, the one that uh, was the first to resign in a thousand years or whatever, just died and a lot of fucking Catholics being like, oh, it's so sad and all Is that stuff. now? He fucking hid yeah. child rape. Yeah. He had a hand in that. Right. It's like, how the fuck do you stand there and say, yes, this person represented God. Right. An all-knowing, all-powerful, all-perfect, all-good yeah. God. Yeah. Like, I just... I know. And it, it comes yeah. back to this whole thing... I mean, yes, I'm an atheist, but more than anything, I'm very anti-religion. Yeah. People who are religious, who do it in a way that's very private to themselves and maybe is not organized, then and there's some good churches out there. I'm not going to say that there's not. There's some decent things happening out there and right. some more liberal modern churches. But like, oh, man, yeah. these old school sects of Christianity and not just Christianity, these old school sects of most religions. Yeah. Oof. I don't know how anybody does it. Right. Yeah. It's a far cry from, you know, believing in something just because you're trying to get through life. Right. You know, it's yeah. you choosing to yeah. believe in this because it gives you superiority over other people. Right. 
And that's obviously never good. No. And if God was real, that wouldn't happen, I think. I can't imagine he'd let, let that happen. representatives. Yeah. I mean, I used to get in trouble at the video store for, like, being mean to customers. <laughs> I can't imagine that God's just one of those managers that's super hands-off. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess with that, they'll live miserably ever after. Except for Josh. Except for Josh and Linz. And Linz. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Help us share the good news by sending this to a friend or leaving a review to help others find us. And if you want to support us with a donation, you can do that on our website at bsfa.cc. You know what song I have in my head now? The System of a Down song. Wake up. Wear a brush, put a little makeup. Yeah. (laughs) Father, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Yeah, I know that song very well. I might be crazy, but I feel like when that came out, I was like, is this a Christian song? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is. No, it's not.